Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. Well boys, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Um, we do have quite a bit to talk about. Let's just quickly catch up because uh, it has been a wee bit since the last time we spoke to each other. Oh, on here. Obviously, we speak to each other literally like every half hour um, <laughs> on our WhatsApp group. But um, for anybody who's interested and who's watching and who's listening into the podcast, uh, John, how's things? How are you doing? Good. Um, everything's just copacetic. <laughs> <laughs> can't really complain uh i've got a weekend of hockey coming up uh a weekend away from home uh i think i'm contractually obliged to say that uh i'm definitely gonna miss my wife and daughter um if i don't say that i think i'll be in trouble but i'm definitely looking forward to uh a game in belfast and a first ever visit to the spectrum yes that's right uh both you and dave are heading off to uh, guildford on sunday morning um dave um obviously i seen you at the last game which was two weeks ago i think um here in belfast potentially um you got over the the you, you didn't get uh blown away too badly then through the storms no uh, so everything seemed to hold up really well in the uh the eating house which is great um hopefully that'll we'll not have any issues with any further storms but yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to a nice romantic uh, weekend away with John, which is, is always good. Yeah, yeah. It's the way it seems uh, to go uh, in the last uh, couple, isn't it, Dave? You and me holding hands, kicking our heels uh, on a little away trip. Yeah, the last time was the uh, double header away in Scotland. I think it was the Dundee Fife one weekend, and I was supposed to go, and then I end up uh, catching COVID, uh, and then I end up couldn't go. Um, so I had to send you off on your own. And then this weekend, just that something's come up, and, and unfortunately, I, I can't, I can no longer go to Guildford. Um, and and yeah, pity because I was obviously looking forward to ticking off another uh, rink uh, off the list. I'm just, I think inside, I'm more just like, just it's killing me inside because I know Dave is now like one more ahead of that than I am, and it's like. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to fix that. Um, boys, as I was saying... Um, me to one left. One left, which means it's Manchester, I think, for you, is it? Manchester. Yeah. Manchester. And then yeah. that's yeah. all the... Well, sorry, I'll still have to go back to um, Cardiff to do the new new rink, but... Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, as you said, John, you are over with us this coming weekend. Uh, actually, tomorrow, I think you're flying. Um, and we see you tomorrow on Saturday. flying... So, Saturday is all about the the bourgeois and the beer and the hockey. <laughs> yeah, and the I VIP for that. Yeah, I picked this in for the VIP suite thing, so we'll we'll see what that's like. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can enjoy that. So, um, but we'll get to that. But boys, before we get to this weekend, uh, let's catch up and look at the past uh, two weeks and the last two weekends of ice hockey um, here in the UK. And let's start off our episode like we always do and take a quick look at the current standings across the elite ice hockey league. Um, so. If we start off, uh, where we, if we start off with the Elite Ice Hockey League, we have the Sheffield Steelers currently sitting top, uh, with 29 games played and 51 points. We have the Belfast Giants in second with 30 games played, 38 points. The Cardiff Devils sit in third with 28 games played, 37 points, and Guildford sit in fourth with 30 games played, 37 points. Coventry are currently fifth with 29 games played, 35 points. Dundee are in sixth with 31 games played, 33 points. Glasgow are in 
seventh with 30 games played, 30 points. Uh, Manchester Storm then are in eighth with 30 games played, 28 points. Five Flyers are currently sitting ninth with 30 games played, 25 points. And Nottingham Panthers are at bottom uh, in 10th place, 27 games played and 22 points. Um, Let's take a quick look first off at the top end of the the league as it currently stands. Dave, let's go to you first. Um, obviously, Sheffield Steelers extending their lead at the moment. You know, 29 games played, 51 points. Uh, looking quite dominant there at the top of the league. Um, it's really, at the moment, we, it's a cliche to say, but uh, really at the moment, it's it's really Sheffield's to lose. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Uh, they, they've been really dominant in their performance this season. So, um, you know, it, it's it's tough to watch sometimes, but, uh, you know, in the you look fever to, go back up to the, the 80 uh, season with the Giants. It was probably something very similar, you know. Um, they've lost, they've only lost four games all season, um, which is phenomenal. Um, we'll obviously see how they they pan out. Um, uh, if they continue this run, they're, they're in good shape to the end of the season well. Um, hopefully it doesn't. Um, super glad to see the Giants in second, uh, as we have, I think I've said to both of you, maybe in, in private, is that um, for a not the best Giants team, they're still second in the league, which is um, phenomenal. Uh, you know, for, for what we would consider a poor team, they're doing really well. Um, and well, may continue out of the adding of Goodwin and uh, Colin of injected the value. Definitely. Um, there definitely seems to be kind of this pen off now. The Giants have obviously um, returned a bit of form there in the last few games, uh, especially there uh, against Nottingham and stuff. Um, we'll come to Nottingham in a few minutes. But uh, John, just kind of following up with, you know, obviously what we're chatting there, but there with, uh, with the Steelers, you know, obviously sitting top. We've said Steelers, there's a lose. Um, do you see much more in terms of, you know, those next three in the pack, Giants, Cardiff and Guildford kind of sitting in around the same rough points. Um, do you think they still have a, a, I suppose, a fight in this game? There's always a fight until mathematically it's not possible anymore. Um, I think I, last season, was too early to jump on the bandwagon of saying the Giants were out of the running uh, when it looked like Guildford were streaking away, much in the same way that Sheffield looked like they're streaking away. Um, we're we're going to talk about. We may as well talk about it here. Actually, um, the the Sheffield Steelers were tagged with the uh, the best road tally uh, or performances of any team, not just in the Elite League but in Europe. The Elite League decided to tweet about that uh, or X about that, and wouldn't you know it, the Steelers get beaten in five by the Flyers the following night, uh, a two one loss uh, in regulation to the Flyers. Um, so, yeah, it's it's only one loss, and they're now off the back of an absolutely stunning win in the Challenge Cup. Uh, first leg of the semi-final against Coventry last night, 6-0. Mm. Um, you've only got to look at the post-game interview with Danny Stewart, where he outright says, that is probably the best team in my entire time in the Elite League. Um, he He's being blunt about it like this team is incredible now I've seen a few people talk about well he didn't see the did he not see the Giants Grand Slam team I think there's a differentiation needs to be made about last year's Giants team that came together yes they were uh, they were a pocketbook team as well let's not make no mistake about it the Sheffield Steelers though have broken the bank when it comes to putting this team together Um, 
and it would be surprising for them not to walk away at this point with honestly I'm going to say two at least out of the three trophies um, they've got now they've said in their own post after last night that they've got one foot in the final I have that post marked just in case <laughs> uh, because I, I look forward to Coventry going in you know a 7-0 regulation win in Sheffield to knock them out because <laughs> that would just be fantastic but I, realistically I don't see it happening um, but yeah at this point it's you wouldn't you wouldn't be laughed out of a bookies for going to say two trophies for Sheffield this season uh, and I think you're I think you're probably pretty dead on I think you're you're dead on the money there I think you're right um I, I think there's there's no argument that there's potential for that um and as you say I mean I mean people will we've seen it a lot on on social media and social media can be quite a toxic place at times and you know we've we've seen comments last year about how the Giants bought the league or whatever it was or spent money and whatever it was um is there a cap? Is there not a cap? You know, we will never know. But like, you know, if you've got the money and they're spending the money the right way, then you know what? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Um, but fair play to Sheffield. They've went on good form and they're, they're continuing that form. And uh, yeah, it is definitely, I feel it's theirs to lose. Um, guys, let's just look, take a quick look towards the bottom end of, of the pile. Obviously, we're looking at, um, you know, the likes of Glasgow, Manchester and Flyers, we'll talk about Nottingham, or they're kind of further on down there. They're kind of sitting in tenth, and we think probably they're going to end there. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's look at you know Dundee, Glasgow. Well, actually, let's look at Glasgow, Manchester, and Flyers. Anyway, um, I suppose Glasgow had a really good run of form, done really well towards the early part of the season. Kind of have now kind of hit this point where they've kind of maybe. You know, they're still within the Challenge Cup, which is good. But, you know, they're kind of maybe, kind of maybe, the, the breaks have kind of had a wee bit within the league. Um, would you kind of agree with that statement or not, John? Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, the clan, I have proven, again, I'm going to use an example of last night. They've, they've proven that they have the ability to win games from under the heel. Um, mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, that was against the, the Panthers, but... Panthers were 3-0 up in that game at one point, and the clan ended up winning 6-3, uh, scoring six unanswered goals in Nottingham. Now, Nottingham has their own problems. They're trying to patch holes at the minute. There's a, a new signing just announced, I think, yesterday, just prior to this game, um, of a, a new guy coming in. I uh, don't know if he if he iced for them last night or not, to be honest. It's, it's not the Giants, so I didn't look. Um, but the clan... Again, or, or we say it every podcast where they're still involved in the Challenge Cup. They're the team that has promised everything and delivered nothing. And are they in with a shout of it still? Yeah, they're in with a shout of the Challenge Cup. If they come up against uh, Sheffield, they've absolutely no chance because that clan team does not beat Sheffield on a one-off trophy game. I, I just can't see it. Um, do they stay where they are in the league tables? I reckon that's a fair reflection of that team right now is to stay in that sort of bottom end, mid bottom end of the table. Um, it just depends how Nottingham rally now coming through the, the latter part of the season and if they can scrape eighth. But to be honest, uh, I know you asked me about the clan. Martin, I've talked uh, quite a lot about the Panthers, but I think there is a real risk of a playoffs without Nottingham this year. 
Yeah, and that's that's come to that's come to the Nottingham um, conversation because obviously it is it is obviously the, the thing that is everybody's talking about at the moment online. Um, obviously, their co- their assistant coach Kevin Moore um, actually spoke with Panthers TV um, following the game um, against Glasgow and the defeat there at the Motor at the Motor Point Arena, um, and it's just a very human interview that he that he conducted um talked about obviously the aftermath and what the team are still feeling obviously given all the tragic events that happened in october um i mean dave you know we've we've seen probably a toxic area of, of fans from 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 nottingham internally you know those calling for something to be done because it's not good enough and you've got the fans who are compassionate and understanding of what's going on and kind of just appreciative of the fact that hockey continued um following such a big tragedy i mean you know nottingham not being in playoffs obviously is a a big thing but it's understandable i i would guess i would totally agree It, it must be um as a group of guys that have came together and have been playing and to lose somebody that it's it's only um, only natural that they're not going to be performing to the best of their ability. They're, they'll always have something in the back of their mind. Um, after watching them play, they're extremely physical team, and having that physicality um, is probably you know why they're struggling because they're not probably not going into the checks as hard. They're maybe pulling out of their checks because they're it's always in the back of their mind, and I would say it's really hurting them. Um, emotionally, um, and it would be hard to get um, energized, just that aggressive style, when something so horrific has happened um, so recently. Um, I don't think they, they recover this season from it, in my opinion. It'll be a almost wholesale change in that team that'll make that, that'll make that happen. Um, and it, it, as long as they keep going, um, that's the, the best thing. I know that the Elite League the leading lives and dies on having a good Nottingham and a good Sheffield, and it's um, something we want to. We would love it if it wasn't if it wasn't that case. If it was everybody that, but we know that that's the the two teams that pull in the the gate that is the sort of the heart of the team of the league. Um, and I know that's not necessarily putting anybody else down, but sheer numbers and fan bases, it's it's those those two teams. So, um, and I, and I hope that. Uh, the, the more compassionate group of uh, Nottingham fans went out. Well said, I think so. Um, we know, not to go into too much of it, but we know there is uh, some news on that. Um, on that incident that, that took place in October, there'll be, I think, some news on that over the over this weekend. I know there's, um, there's a thing being convened tomorrow, I think, in Sheffield um, as part of a, a decision being made by the coroner's court and all that kind of stuff happening tomorrow. So I know... Uh, I'd say Twitter will probably be a bit, um, bit interesting or be kind of, again, that story will raise again this weekend coming, I'm guessing. Um, I think, I believe it's tomorrow. I'm, I'm nearly sure. I think I read yesterday it was, it was tomorrow that the decision was, that there's going to be a conversation at or there's going to be a tribunal or something was happening tomorrow. Um, so I'm sure there's something over the next coming days um, will come from that. Um, so, yeah, be prepared. Um, boys, um, I think that's really it for um, the Elite League. So I'm going to switch our attention over across the pond to the NHL, if that's okay. And we're going to look at the wildcard spots as they currently stand as of January 25th. Um, starting off in the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division, 
The Boston Bruins sit top with 47 games played and 67 points. The Florida Panthers sit in second with 47 games played and 62 points. And the Toronto Maple Leafs sit in third with 46 games played 56 points. In the Metropolitan Division then, the New York Rangers sit top with 47 games played 61 points. The Carolina Hurricanes sit in second with 46 games played 57 points. And Aaron's not here, but the Philadelphia Flyers are sitting in third with 48 games played and 56 points. The two wildcard spots currently held by Tampa and the Detroit. Uh, switching across the other side of the country and the western side of things in the central division, the Winnipeg Jets are sitting top there with 46 games played at 65 points, followed by the Colorado Avalanche with uh, 48 games played at 65 points and the Dallas Stars with 47 games played at 62 points. And then in the Pacific Division, uh, last but not least, the Vancouver Canucks sit top with 40 games, 48 games played at 69 points. Vegas Golden Knights in second with 48 games played, 62 points. And the Edmonton Oilers in third with 43 games played, 55 points. Wildcard spots held by LA Kings and Nashville Predators. Um, let's see, where do we start? Um, let's go first off with the Pacific Division because I think that one for me has been quite interesting. Um, and looking at the Edmonton Oilers specifically. Edmonton Oilers for me um, started off shall we say, with massive, massive issues at the start of this season um, to the point where we had their, you know, Connor McDavid there uh, making specific comments about, like, you know, how he wasn't happy and there was all these rumours about, like, you know, was he going to split from the Oilers because of what was going on? I mean, that's a that's a big switch around from, from, from earlier in the season. John? Yeah, it's a massive switch around. And uh, let's just talk about their streak. They're on a 14-game win streak yep. right now. Yeah. Uh, that's that's mad. That continues. They go on a run. Um, they could be looking at, uh, at hanging a banner for the President's Trophy if they keep that up. Um, obviously, that's the Nashville and me coming out there saying about hanging banners for the President's <laughs> Trophy. Um, but hell of a turnaround. Um, it could be an incredible Cinderella story. Can you imagine the, the Netflix, Netflix special? Um, if they've been getting filmed behind the scenes the first sort of third of the season the absolute sort of tearing apart of that organisation from the inside out fans jumping on the throat of the likes of McDavid for even suggesting I don't think he even said anything I think it was fans created this whole narrative that oh he's going to jump because the team is doing really crap and he's never going to win a Stanley Cup sitting in this team well he's still in with a shout of it uh, mm. And the Oilers are, I mean, no pun intended, but they're looking like a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah, I like what you did there. Um, I mean, if we and I agree, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it definitely looks like a complete one eighty. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a phenomenal bounce back, in my opinion. Um, from seeing, you know, from from start to from start to finish, from where we are now to where we are now. Um, if we look at just, I was gonna just bring up Boston as well, the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins just continuing to do Boston things. I mean, sitting in first place still i mean i think it's it's constant like i mean previous season was exactly the same and it just looks like they're running the form i mean people are saying that is it going to be another season where they hit over that 100 points i, I would i would imagine yes um dave do you see it being any different i can i can uh, it will be the same boston seems to be um one of those teams the last few years that it reminds i don't know whether you well, maybe show me age or whatever but do you ever remember, was it the early 90s when the um, it used to be the Sharks would be sitting President's Trophy winner for like two or three seasons in the trot um, and then done nothing in playoffs? 
sort of has that feel to it, you know. I'm not saying that there's not it's not going to happen, but um, just based on what we've seen recently, you know. But yeah, I think yeah. we'll definitely get their hundred points. Yeah, over, you know, three, three. Um, there's a few teams sitting in in currently good spots at the moment, and there is a story in the second period that we're going to come on to, um, and it'll be an interesting to see if it makes a difference to some of these teams. Um, you know, given quite a serious story it's we're going to cover in period two but one of those teams is obviously the philadelphia flyers um effectively their first string netminder at the moment um has taken a leave of absence um you know seeing the flyers in third position you know and sitting there comfortably over the last few weeks um it's a bit of a blow for them you know obviously given the fact that they've had such a good run um this could be a, a bit of a blow in terms of um you know an unexpected absence that they weren't planned for we're gonna. I think we're gonna talk about it. I think we're as well leaving that discussion for when we get to there because there's okay. uh, there's a lot to discuss, not just for yeah. the teams but for the league. That's a fair comment. We'll leave it at that then. Um, well then, if we're happy enough, we'll leave it there. Um, and we'll just get stuck into our episode and we'll move on to our period one of hockey. Okay, period one is a roundup of uh, stories from around the UK. Um, let's we'll keep John. We'll keep um, we'll keep one of yours for the very last for this period one, um, and that's obviously this coming weekend in the Lady Ice Hockey League. Um, so let's start off with um, shall we say an example of poor management of season tickets, followed by a really good example of management of season tickets. So we'll do it that way. We'll call it that. Um, since our last podcast, the Glasgow clan, as we spoke, as we talked about, um, are in the um, Challenge Cup um, semi-finals. Um, and the Glasgow clan had put out a statement. Now, I know this is probably a bit old compared to the previous, but it, is, it happened after our last episode. Um, it happened about, maybe close, well, about 10 days ago maybe now but anyway um they uh, let's go clan put out a statement basically saying to season ticket holders you have until x date to claim your season ticket seat and to uh secure your, your own seat for the upcoming semi-final a decision then was taken by this club um in their statement their statement officially said a decision was taken to bring forward the deadline after more than 800 season ticket seats were unclaimed and yet in the meantime the club has been inundated with general sale ticket requests with an incredibly low number of tickets sold between Thursday and the Sunday, the decision was taken for, taken to bring the forward deadline and 500 tickets have been sold in the 12 hours since they brought the deadline forward. Um, basically what they done was they went back on the date that they originally told us that they had to buy their tickets and then brought that forward um, by, a few day, by a day or two and left a number of their season ticket holders without their own season, without their own season ticket. A is one thing, and B without a ticket at all in some cases because the tickets were sold, and some people didn't even get those tickets because uh, you know the ticket pricing for those games were ten pounds and five pounds uh, respectively. Uh, you know the, the Glasgow clan. I can see what they mean. I, I can see where they came from in terms of like business sense. They were like, we we can sell this. That's but they jumped the gun. Um, I mean, if you as as a season ticket alert, you know, obviously. Dave, we'll go with you first, you know, and John, obviously you were a season ticket holder at the Belfast Giants, but as a season ticket holder, from a season ticket holder's point of view, I know people think, well, season ticket holders sometimes feel that they're, um, like that there's, they've got some kind of, you know, there's like, an entitlement. Yeah, an entitlement. Yeah. And that's not the case, but 
I mean, from a from point of view of you know, you follow this, t- you follow your team, you have a season ticket for a reason. You do hope you get your chance to get your ticket, and then for well, them to kind of change without enough notice. I mean, what, what I would I I would be pissed. Um, <laughs> and I do. I, I have to say that I a hundred percent have a sense of entitlement as a season ticket holder. I hand out my money at the start of the season, whether the team's going to be fantastic or absolute garbage. They have my money, you know, and that's my that's you know what's why your season ticket you you're given um, a hell of a lot more support to the team than ever, some Johnny come lately who's coming to see the team because they're winning. Um, they've got your money if it's garbage. They've got your money if it's brilliant. You got your money if you don't come. So the least they can do is <laughs> give you the time that they offered you to pick your seat. Um, like you're not you're not asking for anything that they didn't already provide. It was the fact that they just they changed their minds. Um, and that's just not good business. What that'll do well, is it'll, it'll basically mean that they're not uh, a trustworthy organization to work with. If that's what they've done to people who they consider their bread and butter, what are they doing to businesses they work with? I mean, well, you say it's yeah. bad business. You say it's bad business, but this game's sold out now. Uh, short, it's short-term game for long-term pain. This oh, yeah. cost- and, and I totally, I totally understand. And I'm not saying what I said to disagree with you. I'm, I'm just throwing out the other point. I actually 100% agree with you. And it's for a point that I made earlier on when we were talking about their position. I've said it countless numbers of times in this podcast that Glasgow are the team who have promised everything and delivered nothing. What they've got is a core of fans who have stuck with them through poor seasons, good seasons where they should have won something and didn't, seasons like last season where they were entirely let down as a fan base by an incredibly poorly run organisation, mm-hmm. then to get to a semi-final of a cup and say to your season ticket holders, we don't value you enough to give you the time that we said that we would in January after Christmas when people are potentially dealing with a five or five and a half week pay month and say, actually, we know that there's people beating down the door wanting these fiver and tenner tickets. So actually, we're going to sell, we're going to fill the building with um, generic fans who are going to come because we're in the press because of this. What we don't want is you guys and we us having to wait and potentially miss out on those ticket sales. The fact that that is sold out and the fact that we're now, it was only a few, I think it was a week. Was it less than a week? Um, yeah. was how far forward they brought the, the release they would have sold that game out yeah it, it doesn't was... it doesn't matter that they held on to at what 100 150 200 season ticket seats that hadn't sold yet it's just nonsense and I've seen a few was, uh, clan it, fans that, who are not attending this game I think it was season the fact holders. that there's I think it was the fact that it was I think they said it was 500 seats that they had that they wanted to release but I mean, as you said, John, and that was the next, my next question, and, you, and you, you hit it, you hit the, the nail on the head there, John. I mean, did we ever think, or did you, did they ever, did they ever think that there was actually going to be, not, there was going to be a actual possibility that they weren't going to sell this game out? Because let's be honest, it's a semi-final game. Glasgow Clan fans, as we know, are quite are very loyal fans. Like we, we watch the ground that the Belfast Giants and the Glasgow Clan seem to have some kind of rivalry. I don't know if it's been a made-up rivalry they've created themselves, but. But you cannot argue the fact, and we see this at playoffs as well, how dedicated the Glasgow clan fans are. They are a good bunch, like they're a dedicated bunch to that club. 
there was no way that this game was not going to sell out no matter what. So to bring yeah. forward a date, it didn't matter if they brought forward a date or not, this game was going to sell out. So they shouldn't have jumped the gun. I think what also made it worse was that the statement that was put out by the club, I feel was a really bad statement. I don't think it really got to the... I don't think they I think I think that they failed to understand completely what the actual issue was that was happening and why and I don't think they addressed it in the right way. I just think it was kind of like a too bad, you know, we're done it and we're not regretting it and you know, that's it. There was no real like, oh we're really sorry. It just felt really I it's, don't know, it just didn't seem like a really It's good. the first stumble, and I'll say this, it's the first stumble by the new ownership and management team uh in the clan. Uh, other than not responding to any of my emails. <laughs> and then complaining <laughs> then going oh contact yeah. this boy yeah then, then complaining to me on X and say oh send your media um, request through to uh, this guy yeah he he hasn't answered any of the other ones that I've sent either so <laughs> oh John it'll happen sometime but now if yeah they're not going to listen hopefully well they're not going to listen to the podcast but if they do hopefully Look, hopefully, we're sorry never, <laughs> never never mind the clan let's talk about someone who actually looks after their season tickets go yes. for it yep so, uh, the Leeds Knights um, have been a bit of a force in the, the second tier division of hockey in the country since they came around, uh, what are they now in their third season or something, I think, uh, down in Leeds. They have announced on X that uh, their season ticket holders, if they can't make a game, they can return their seat so that the team can then sell that again for somebody to come back in in exchange for a free stream. That is how you deal with season ticket holders. That's fantastic. This is the value that you're getting. Now, I know I I posted about this on my my own uh, X and said this is fantastic. And I've had some comments that a few different organisations have done similar. Um, I believe Cardiff Devils have done this where they've been close to, I'm not going to say what they say, to a sellout and they have given that offer of if you can't attend in person but what? still want to watch the game. What do they say? They say a hell out. Oh, for oh, yeah. <laughs> And you made me say it. You was, made me say I was, it. I was, I was really upset. I'm glad you asked because I was recommending <laughs> thinking, what do they say? A hell out, that's right. Oh, okay, hell out. <laughs> so they, they've done it. I believe another couple of teams in the NIHL, they also do it uh, as well, I'm led to believe. Um, it's incredible to me that no Elite League team does this. Um, so to see that my question going back to the clan would be well if you've got season ticket holders who are not coming to that Challenge Cup semi-final game maybe think about emailing them and maybe say look here's a code for the stream well, even that they, uh, they're not com- not coming it's because they can't go it's shocking yep um, um but yeah, this this to me, uh, what the Leeds Knights have done, that's that's fantastic. That's a that's a Classic. great display of looking after, like you said, Dave, your bread and butter fans who are there through thick and thin. And if for some reason they can't attend, yeah, here's here's a way for you to still watch the game and support the team that you follow and you have a season ticket for. So, I. Well I mean, done. I think I I agree. I think it's a I think it's a brilliant concept. Um, and as you say, yes, fair play to the teams who did do it before. And I don't know. I, I did hear the, def, the the Devils had done it before. Don't know. That's still a thing that they currently. Do. And is it only for games whenever there is a big sellout coming up? But um, hell, um, but yeah, I mean, it's great. It's don't a great even. concept. 
it's a great concept and it's a great idea um especially when it comes to this part of the season you know especially at this the end of the season where you know that you probably aren't going to have problems selling your t- you know selling those tickets you know obviously um you know even the belfast giants um over the christmas period there um and over the new year you know they were saying like you know we're, we're pretty much at the sellout you know um and that game against fife there um that we were, we were that we were talking about last week in our last podcast i mean that was a sellout too i mean You'd imagine if they could think, well, if we can get a few more seats, a few more season ticket seats to make sure that um, the people are kind of coming along. You think that would be a great idea. I, I would totally, I'm not saying that, like, I don't miss that many. I don't miss that many games. Um, I don't, but I know that if I am going to have to miss a game, that uh, it'd be great to have the opportunity then basically to say, right, I, I can watch it at home then instead. Um, yeah, it'd be great. It would be, it's, yeah, it'd be perfect. Because I've, I've already paid, like, as you said, Dave, at the very start, you know, you've paid for your ticket already. Um, so you basically, you know, there's no harm you know it's not like they're losing out because they're, they're making double amount of money on one seat if they're going to sell the seat again so it would make sense um okay a, brilliant brilliant job i think it's a class uh, class idea and i think hopefully more people take it seriously because i think that would be awesome um definitely um we have one more story for this period short and sweet um for period one but uh this coming weekend um here in the uh, elite ice hockey league and actually i think maybe this past weekend or last week i think maybe was for the nhl i think as well or um you can correct me if i'm wrong um but this coming weekend for the elite league anyway is the pride uh pride well pride night or pride week um in the elite league hence the reason our background for anybody who's watching or for anybody who's not watching um the podcast anybody who's listening our background uh, is currently a rainbow flag um and john has this nice um pride jersey behind him mine is over here i just think a chance i came in late um to the podcast i was rushing in and i forgot to put mine on but it's sitting over there this um, is, this is just hanging here because this will be the jersey for the weekend yes i've got mine sitting ready to go too um but we talking about jerseys we obviously have the pride jerseys have all been revealed some have already been played in some of we've already seen um already live um so let's throw these up um we'll kind of get an idea of uh what everybody's thoughts are on these let me remove the overlay so we're not looking at that um let's start off with the one we've already seen actually and this is nottingham played in this um this past weekend i think it was yeah on the 20th of january um and that is the nottingham panthers jersey and um, nottingham panthers have obviously went um, with the um, pride flag in the arms and the bottom of the jersey itself, I think it's a really nice looking jersey. Um, yeah, I, I quite like it. Yeah, I think it stands out. I really like it. I think it's an and example it, of a good jersey. Yeah, it says what it needs to say, and it doesn't take away from the Nottingham's own brand. Um, I do quite yeah. like the um, you know the button, whatever you call it, the um, uh, the corner of the neck. I like that. Um, the wee flag in there and that's a nice wee touch I like it because it mirrors their jersey from this season as well it it doesn't whilst I love that it stands out it, it also doesn't stand out from a branding perspective and I like that uh, I like that it's they haven't reinvented the wheel with it and I know that I've said the exact opposite sometimes with some some organisations and it's lacked originality but i think with the way that this works i think this works really really well with their existing brand yeah definitely i would agree um our next example is probably one of my favorite jerseys pride jerseys god tier god tier pride jersey this phenomenal pride jersey this season um and this is the five flyers jersey um the five flyers have opted for um a navy style jersey with a 
pride flag woven into a tartan style design across the middle and across the arms um i mean it's just like i john you know my thoughts we've, we've had these conversations about tartan themed jerseys before we talked about the the brayhead clan was the brayhead clan one i think we talked no dundee's one earlier in the season yes. we talked about that and i said i like the subtlety of that one um some of them can be a bit overpowering like the i think the glasgow clan one was really overpowering was awful but this one this one is next level it's beautiful i don't think i think we're hopefully we're all in agreement but i think this one's beautiful this one's absolutely fantastic and i just want to mention because i noticed today that they actually put out a little story in the fife free press about this jersey uh, so they're getting a bit of coverage with it as well um and the fact that the these jerseys were designed by Morag McDougall and Kirsty Milne, who are the club's social media people, um, and they um, have have designed this. And I think they need the 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 plaudits for that because this is just incredible. I think the Flyers, admittedly, I'm I'm a Fifer. I'm living in Fife. I'm a Giants fan, but the Flyers, I think, have some of the best kits this season, hands down their challenge cup jersey which didn't get played in very much um was absolutely amazing and this is just that's top of the top of the pile for me uh, when it comes yeah, to pride jerseys I, i've got to agree i think it's top of my pile too um and that's rare for me to agree with you john um but i would <laughs> i would i would agree with you john are they registering the tartan i don't know actually it, um, that would be some that would be some kilt i don't know if Technically, when you do this sort of stuff, it's not technically a tartan. I think there's like very specific things that you have to do uh, for it to we'll be registered. As a, a, well, maybe, maybe. Um, but that that's fantastic. I have said if um, if Colin Shirley, if you're if you're watching after I spoke to you earlier in the season, if your jersey happens to fall down the back of a sofa and get found, you know, about sort of April May time, uh, then I, I would gladly take it. I'll be totally honest. If these get auctioned online, I'm going to take a, a quick little glance at it and see see what the crack is. Yeah, definitely. Um, Marty next might up, buy one and somehow end up in yeah. your cupboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Marty, Marty bought me it because he's a really nice friend. No, I didn't spend any money on it, Catherine. No. no. Um, next up, we have the Coventry Blaze jersey. Um, this one, shall we say, is a. Uh, overwhelming to the senses shall we say i um, i disagree with you on this i okay. actually really like well no i like one of these the i white one? deeply deeply dislike the black one okay. but i do very much like the white one which we are going to see in belfast this weekend uh the blaze will be wearing the the white away pride jersey in belfast on okay. saturday night um and i genuinely love that white jersey black one i don't think it works don't ask me why all they've done is switch one color black and white i just don't think it works on black i would have liked to see that in blaze blue rather yeah than that's black. maybe what it is it's the blue that's still in the logo i think that mm. you know, in the actual dragon scorch whenever yeah. you look at it the black on it looks a bit weird yeah if it was in yeah. the blue I think but it the, the white better. it works i, I don't yeah. know what it is but the white it works and i up until fife released theirs that white one was my top, okay. Top pick for I, pride jerseys. For me, I uh, to be honest with you, if if I didn't see the the pride flag in the blaze part, and also obviously the 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 scorch, um, you know, logo there in the middle with with the little rainbow, um, are they little um, 
flames coming out or are they um lightning i don't really know um but yeah the fact that they're colored rainbow color as well i really like that little detail but the jersey itself when i first seen it was kind of like it it doesn't i, I wouldn't scream pride to me i can see what the colors are in there but it doesn't scream pride rainbow to me i just i don't know it just didn't seem i didn't see like rainbow as part of the progression of the colors but that's just me um because yeah, you do you see repeating colors, so you see yeah. red and red and stuff, which isn't normally yeah, yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, color, so it didn't, it didn't look rainbow-esque, but it's still, you know, good for play. Yeah, nice. uh, next up, we have the Sheffield Steelers with um, their, their jersey, which is very, very subtle. Um, I like the little... One thing I'll say about it that I do like is I like the little um, rainbow um, parts around the shoulder blades um, where they've included a little detail around there. Um, I like that as part of it. The dots and stuff themselves kind of reminds me a bit of the belfast giants jersey from last year it's like they've took the belfast giants jersey from last year and went let's let's just copy what belfast did and let's do something similar to that one because if I, i'm look and i'm looking right at my one here i could i could walk over and get it but i'm not going to um but it looks exactly this i think it's kind of got the same dot pattern and same idea of style wise um so better copying someone's homework from last season i think the, I, the, I, I don't like it yeah, the thing that made the Giants one work a bit more as well is that whenever we do jerseys like this, we color match the sponsors, which makes them less. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if they had done something similar, I think it might have looked better. We the problem with any Sheffield jersey is you get your eye gets drawn away by the Sheffield window center. You know, it's just it's such massive. a yeah, it's such an imposing. Not to say it's stand line isn't big. Um, but it's just. But you're not you're just right. As... It's the it's the sponsor color match, and I can't understand why. For so many of their other sponsors, uh, now whether or not they have a, a color uh, associated to them or a, a specific like colors that are in the logo, for the Sheffield Window Center to still retain its colors when the Steelers have whited out their logo, yeah. um, along with the other couple of ones on the the front, I I don't get that. It'd be nice if they'd. I don't know white, white and black. Those um, sponsors, rather than leaving them in full color. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the Belfast Giants um, attempt this year um, for the Pride jerseys. Um, we've talked about this already because I think we had this on as a preview back around Christmas time because they had released it at Christmas time because you're you able to purchase these in order to have them ordered in time for this weekend's game. So we have seen these already, and I think we talked about this previously, and I think all three of us were a bit meh about it. Could they be doing the same thing as what they did at Christmas? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then just wore a different jersey. Good point. They'll, just, they'll chuck on a different jersey tomorrow night, or on Saturday night, so they'll play as, as a um, shot back. It'll be like, that's not the jersey we just bought. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. They probably will have something different. <laughs> You're actually right. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, underwhelming. Uh, Too sold. Too sold. Yeah. It, it looks like a trippy tie-dye. And I, is- I realise that the jerseys this season are a bit tie-dye, and we talked about that at the start of the season, but for talking about the blaze not looking like it represents pride this this one screams that to me um i I just i don't i don't see the link in the same way that i do with this one yeah um with the stripe across i i I totally got it with that one the colors looked like they matched and again i think when it comes to a pride jersey i think i'm completely sold on a white one and i realized that i just said that the flyers jersey which they've kept the dark navy blue 
but still, I think the white is the way to go for them. Yeah, I, I, think, I just don't like the black. I think you're right. I think whoever it is this year who's designed the jerseys has some kind of 70s trip going this year and have just kept with that. Um, that's exactly what I thought too. Um, as <laughs> our, friend, our friend Colin has just mentioned, someone was on shrooms. I would probably, um, I'd probably guess the same because um, it was definitely a 70s feel to it again. Um, next up, we have Dundee. Dundee have went um, very subtle shall we say they went with a black jersey with a rainbow dundee logo in the middle and a rainbow flag on the cuffs of each sleeve and then obviously the numbers and the number and names on the back are rainbow as well um guys take on this what's the supplemented thing in the background the ghost i'm, not, I'm yeah. not 100% it looks like a paisley pattern or something but i'm not 100% I- I do like it. Um, again, I think I'm with you, John. If it was a uh, in white, the colours mm-hmm. would pop more. Um, and I, I think know they that suffer... last season, last season, the the stars with their jersey, they put out uh, a logoed uh, one like this, but it was it basically just looked like their home jersey. Mm. And the reason at that point was that they weren't putting out a, a, an entirely redesigned jersey because they wanted something that anyone could wear on any given night to any given game but also represent pride as part of that um i get that messaging i wonder if they've tried to do something similar this time with this one in not completely redesigning but i don't think they've quite nailed it with this um the other one is the the names i don't know it just it's too too linear it's too linear and i don't know i don't want to say boring but it is a little bit boring yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I like it in the sense that the what they've done works better than the Giants one, definitely. Mm. Um, I have we have our friend Amy here who's suggesting that the uh, I'm guessing the ghost in part. Um, she's suggesting it looks like a maze and a labyrinth. Um, could be because it does. It's very hard to understand and very hard to determine what that is. But yeah, yeah, I can't um, get closer to my screen to watch it. No, nor can I. I'm thinking the same. Exactly. I was like, maybe I should <laughs> zoom in the screen rather than me getting closer. Um, moving on, we have the Manchester Storm uh, up next. Uh, Manchester Storm have went with a black jersey as usual. With like, uh, are they like wavy lines of different colors to kind of form a rainbow esque color? I'm guessing. Um, it's hard this looks to tell. like a rave. The, if it does look like a rave. If anyone yeah. was on shrooms, it's whoever designed this one. We this have is... the, we have the giants, or we have the giants stuck in the seventies with their style of disco, um, and this one is definitely the nineties with rave. Um, whoever 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 designed this listened to a lot of scooter when they were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we have the Guildford Flames jersey, which is a navy style jersey with the Guildford Flames logo in the middle, which has been uh, changed to the uh, rainbow flag colours. It has a striped through rainbow right through the centre of the arms and the torso, and then also one at the bottom, as a little ridge around the bottom end of the jersey, as well as obviously numbers and names, also rainbow-esque. Um, hopefully I'm describing this quite well for the podcast. Um, I really like this jersey. It's clean. It's really nice looking, and I genuinely I think this is my favorite after the Fife one. The so this is the image that we've got up on the visual podcast here is obviously the mock up. Uh, the Flames put out a video earlier today, uh, in fact, just about an hour ago, with uh, one of their players wearing it getting interviewed, and 
it the one thing I didn't like about this image here was the logo. I felt like it was disappearing. Okay. But actually, on the actual jersey, the logo pops really, really well, um, and it it looks fantastic. And I think you're right, Marty. Mm. I think this is this is second uh, to the the Flowers jersey, and I would say it's a tied second for me with the the Coventry white jersey. Um, I'm going to put up this comment because this is something I, I would agree with. The only downside to this jersey and why it puts it in second place is I'm going to agree, agree, agree with Colin here. Um, or Fuzz. It's weird calling Colin, sorry. Uh, it takes away from the number on the back. I agree. The number on the back um, collides with the stripe, the rainbow stripe that goes through the middle. Um, and I think it is a bit hard to read in certain parts. Um, and I think that's the only thing that lets it down. Um, otherwise, it's a very close second for me as a jersey. For that one, you've got a feel for the announcers wherever they're playing. Uh, if it's just yeah. if they're just wearing that at home, then you've got a feel for their announcers trying to yeah. read the, the numbers on the back of that through yeah. the with game. The, with the numbers and the name, it's quite jarring that they went from the the bold flag lines to a gradient, and mm. that ruins it for me. That mm. you're 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 seeing these bold lines are brilliant. You know, it's it's telling you exactly what you need to see, and then on the number they went with a gradient, which you they're too Feels clashing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Two clashing does styles anyone, of design. Does anyone else like bump up against the stripe at the bottom of the jersey as well? Do you ever print a test page? For a print <laughs> <laughs> and like, if you're doing, a sc- if you're calibrating a scanner, yep, yep, like, yep. it has the color blocks and it, it like calibrates the scanner. That's what that feels like. It feels Those. like that was like the color swatches that they used for uh, this, no, and they accidentally no, no. left that on there. No, I'm not going to see any. I'm not going to see that any differently now. I really like this version. You just ruined it. I'm not going to see the past. Well, look, you could, but you could win one. You could pay like eight or nine hundred pounds because it's a well, Guildford uh, jersey. And that. bearing in mind, this is a Guildford jersey, uh, a one-off Guildford jersey that has their actual logo on it. So I don't yeah, know how yeah. they've managed that one, but you could yeah. buy it and just cut the bottom off. <laughs> Do you think That's that extreme. they had just? Whenever they ordered their normal season jersey, one came with the test print still on. They went, "Oh, I like that." <laughs> Let's that, yeah. yeah possibly yeah yeah um up next we have this um <laughs> the uh the paintball got the paintball uh jersey as i call it um the glasgow clan have went for a black jersey with what can only be described as uh is yeah, that black taken, well gray again i don't know but it looks like they've basically taken a paintball gun and shot a few paintballs at the jersey and just left it um uh, why why is mel gibson gray uh, why like why? what what is Gla- what is glasgow doing this year like i mean we, why copied, even is this jersey they they copied they copied uh obviously they 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 copied that weird willy wonka design from somewhere else uh and put that on a jersey they've got this one and there's another one i don't know if you added their slides john the one that they're using as a one-up jersey which no i didn't a, actually it's a weird no. it's the it's that it's that um hercules or whatever it is on the front yep. with the big massive logo and then it's like a almost like a yeah like a really yeah. muted rainbow colors but like really like like almost like honestly yeah it's just weird honestly it's better than this <laughs> oh fair enough do you know what okay. see if see if if those don't arrive and they have to play in their warm-up jerseys that's a win for them because that is god awful <laughs> that is as far from the brief yeah. for a pride jersey as i've ever seen i mean you might as well just wear your own jersey because 
anyone parting with money this weekend in Glasgow to get one of these. You know what gets me? It's awful. They should have gone, where's my, you've all seen it, I haven't got it here, my uh, autism jersey, or my legs. Yes. Yes. Where they just went, pardon my language, and just coloured the entire thing. See if they had done the entire jersey with the paintball. And it just, still would have looked awful. That, it would have looked, looked a lot better than this, though. No, like, no that, that pattern. Look at Marty scribbling because you swore. Um, <laughs> that, that I'm pattern, writing a number. That pattern, <laughs> if they'd done the whole jersey, it, it wouldn't work. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't work for Pride. This jersey doesn't work for Pride. The only bit that does is for the three or four guys on that team who have a letter on their chest. Yeah. Because it's the only part that presents the rainbow. Now, I'll admit that Mel Gibson's sash also seems to have a rainbow on it. So, okay, every player does have that somewhere. But that's that's god-awful. That's that's a horrendous jersey. His sash would have looked a lot nicer if it was in the Fife Tartan, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Just delay their Pride game and just ask Fife to borrow their jerseys before they auction them off. Yeah. Um, I... That's I th- brutal. I think the next up, I think, is actually just the uh, Cardiff Devils have released their Literally jersey. Just for, released before yeah, we started. Yeah, so they they play theirs. They play theirs a week or two after they make. They obviously the Cardiff Devils. We should note, um, try and coincide their Pride game along with Cardiff's own Pride weekend, um, which they I, continue. I to don't do. actually know. They have a home game this weekend, so I think they might oh. be wearing these. But I think okay. they will probably wear them again um, for Cardiff you, Pride in February. I mean, we joke around about. Cardiff Devils and change up their logo and, and what they've done with it at the start of the season and the branding but I really like what they've done with this yep. am I the only one to say that but I no. really like what they've done That that's good um, this is when Todd Kelman uh, went on A View From The Bridge and he kind of got stuck in a little bit about the rebrand and the logo and stuff and said look it gives them a lot more flex flexibility excuse me to do things like this with the logo that is executed perfectly. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. The whiting on the jersey. Do you know weirdly what I really like? And I know it's just because they have Warrior as their supplier, but I really like that sort of silvery, rainbowy, reflective Warrior you, logo nope. that's on there. I thought you didn't like it on the Giants one. I hate it on the Giants one, but it looks better. Oh, it's there. Dave doesn't like it. Okay, yeah, got you. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. hate it on the Jazz uh, They're almost Jazz It looks for, like they're wearing a flipping medallion, you know. For anybody list, just to, I just realized for anybody who's listening to the podcast who hasn't seen these, um, the Devils have uh, pretty much just taken their Devils logo and they have um, faded in the rainbow colors right across from, from green, right across to the purple colors, right across it, um, fading in each as they go along. And it is beautiful. So if you haven't seen it, go have a look. It'll be on X. Um, have a look. Um, oh, there we go. Um, his wife jumping in there, Gemma. Hi, Gemma. Uh, Dave needs to buy the first round of the weekend instead of uh, money in the swear jar. I, I would agree with that. Yep. I think it's only yeah, fair. Sure. So, uh, Thanks, Jim. You just buy one pint. So there you go. Um, moving on. Amy, I'm um, just going to pop up. We've had a comment on this one. Oh. That it doesn't scream pride. I'm only going to say this one. because I'm brave because I'm in a different country. Amy, I disagree with you here. I, get, I, I totally I get it. So do. I totally get uh, what Amy's saying, and it's the gradient. Um, and I know it's as a jersey, it looks really well. Um, and I know what they're going for. But pride to me is, you know, they actually picked those banded colours for a reason. Mm-hmm. And 
it's nice to have them all represented. That's what I like about the okay. Nottingham one. Nottingham one for me is the, my favorite because it represents the entire spectrum for the Pride, which is um, okay. you know why yeah. they do the flag the way they do. I will. I'm gonna say one thing though because I had to really quickly take a screenshot of their announcement video. Um, but I'm looking at their online store. They've just put these uh, up for sale as replicas. So the the back, the nameplate, and the numbers. Um, are graduated rainbows uh, so from top to bottom and actually look really cool they actually look like um, kind of like scales um, I'm probably not describing this very well but um, go and have a look at the Devils online store and you'll see what these look like if I was um, a Devils fan I'd be crying to make that their standard logo <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. um, let's move on um, do we have more? I think we do um, yep. John did you, you did you added in some of the yes great perfect um so uh, we should say thank you um to anthony from banners uh he did the work for us on this bit i think uh john you'd started out on x about anybody who had seen any other ones and i think they people jumped in for us and and sent us through a couple of them um and obviously this is the steel dog sheffield steel dogs um they've had their own issues this week and we're not we'll not get into that there's a i know there's a fan forum and it caused some controversy um but we'll 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 leave it at that i'm sure uh, i think anthony and the boys there will probably have talked about that in their podcast so head over there to see what they're the take was on that um but sheffield steel dogs um this is another sheffield team i think as a sheffield team compared to the other sheffield team i think this sheffield team is did it right <laughs> did it better let's <laughs> be fair 100 yeah 100 i don't know um i think the the background the like base of the jersey 100 agree with you um i'm not taken with the it on black i still think on white is better and i wish they'd done something with the logo uh, I wish they'd um, like whited it out or done something else with it. Uh, it's it's not my it's not my favourite. Um, moving on, next one we have your checks in the post, Anthony. Well, we don't get paid, we don't get paid, so uh, unfortunately you get the same amount of money as we do. Um, the Tigers, <coughs> sorry, itchy nose. Um, next one up, um, gone for a obviously the uh, pattern, the Tiger pattern, um, and threw in some rainbow stripes some rainbow towers instead um thoughts well it's rainbow it's rain, rainbow tiger stripes is yeah. what i'm gonna assume here um I'm, I'm just not a fan of that at all no i'm not either no it's a bit like the uh the coventry one like the colors being thrown in no real uniformity to the colors so it's kind of hard to tell that it's the rainbow flag if you know what I mean, like the rainbow color, the colors are in there, mm. but it's hard to tell. It's a rainbow flag, I, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, next up, oh, Swindon, Swindon Wildcats. I like it. Um, John, your thoughts? I like it. Um, it's simple. The unlike the last two, they've done something with the logo. I'm still not a big fan. I don't know why everyone just decides to pick a black jersey for for pride i I really don't get it um but by incorporating their logo they've done something that the other two teams haven't done so so far uh, as far as this league's concerned top end for me i and i uh, so i'm gonna go the opposite of you john (laughs) what a surprise funny that um and say actually that's the thing i don't like about this jersey is i feel like their logo is lost within the full rainbow i think it's lost i think it's hard to see um, it's almost camouflaged in the middle of there, especially if you look at this front, this front, um, this front jersey here. Um, it just looks lost, like the logo just looks like it's disappeared. Um, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, next up, 
Oh, did that pop up? It did come up. Um, what do you think of this one? That's nice. It's full of color and it's white and they've incorporated the logo. So it's ticking the boxes for me. The only issue I have is what is the rest of that scribble? I, yeah, yeah. I get it. I feel like someone has been playing um, Formula One uh, 2024 um, because this is one of the designs that you can get for one of the decals for your cars if you if you play if you play Formula One. Um, this is one of the designs on the cars. Uh, so I think someone's maybe um, been playing a bit of that and we're like, oh, let's throw it in New Jersey. It looks I like the, the style of that. So that's what it definitely looks like. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I disagree um, with all of you. The colors pop much better on white. He's, he's terrifying whenever he's on a podcast. He's not like that when he's in person. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Aaron. Yes, I just seen his comment there. Um, is this the last one we have? I'm sorry, my computer seems to play it up there. Um, no, we've, got this, one, we've got one more, which brings us back to the Elite League. Um, the uh, Soloway, For something Soloway, else. The Soloway Sharks um, have added this one. Um, okay. Dave, I'm going to guess this is definitely down your... Yeah. Um, this is going to definitely going to tick the boxes for you because I know you said you like it when you can clearly see what they're trying to accomplish yeah, and obviously it. they've they've included all aspects of the pride flag in this jersey yeah, yeah. Um, uh, from from trans but bisexual the, everything is the all in there the background of the jersey is it coloured lines again why am I moving clo- why am I moving closer to my screen I could just zoom in I don't I don't, I don't it's, it's sort of it looks a bit like <laughs> a pinstripe suit <laughs> yeah, it does. It does bit, yeah. Of, yeah, it does. But I do. Um, I like it. I like the. I like the sleeves. I like the bottom, the cups of the sleeves and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 waistband and the sleeves make this jersey. Uh, I think it, it's it's up there. It's not my top one um, for this league, but uh, yeah, that's that's not a bad attempt. Mm. Um. Last but not least, then it's away from Pride. This is a jersey that the Giants have put out this week uh, or put it today. The Giants are having a um, Chinese New Year celebration um, as part of their uh, game in February. Um, as an uh, association with the Chinese Welfare Association here in Northern Ireland, and um, Chinese Welfare Association for anyone who doesn't know is a charity that has been set up um, in Northern Ireland to help. Um, support the growth of the Chinese community in Northern Ireland. Um, they do a lot of great work um, here in, here in um, throughout the whole region. Um, and as part of the, obviously they've been doing some work with the Belfast Giants um, and this is the jersey that they've designed as part of that Chinese New Year celebration. Um, if anybody hasn't seen it, it is a traditional Chinese red jersey, um, which is all about prosperity, wealth and uh, luck. Um, and they've included it in the gold um detailing um that is typical with chinese new year this year is the year of the dragon um unfortunately we are playing the card of devils on the day that this game is happening so it's kind of a bit weird because obviously we're gonna have a devil or we're gonna have a dragon on our jersey but um oh, i mean worse. it could have been the blaze i i know that i'm a fan of this jersey i really like this jersey and i like the idea that they're going with and the fact that the money they're raising is going to go towards the chinese welfare association which i think is great um because i know the work that they do just being working with it no being working myself in the charity sector and the community sector i know the work that they do and i think it's really worthwhile so i i really like it i know john you're completely opposite opinion to me oh <laughs> hang on <laughs> I'm of a differing opinion on the design of the jersey. Sorry, yes, it works out. Straight away, straight away, let's just clarify that position. Sorry, yes, sorry. 
<laughs> sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Oops. Fully, fully back the purposes behind having a special jersey, the funding uh, that uh, this can provide for um, the Welfare Association is fantastic. The design of the jersey is not for me. Um, and that's coming from someone who uh, owns a lovely gold Nashville Predators jersey. Yellow. Yellow. This isn't... <sighs> It's, it's just, it, yeah, it, it's not for me. It feels like too much. Um, and I just, I, I can't. Come from, from the boy who also owns uh, a Five Flyers uh, anniversary jersey, completely tartan covered. Like, and I mean, yeah, my seizure jersey. It's fantastic. Yeah. The entire purpose of that jersey yeah, right. is to skate by the opposition, <laughs> cause them to go into an ep- some sort of epileptic episode and be able to score multiple goals. Now, it didn't work, yeah. but I love the effort that they went to. Sure. This one, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I just can't get on board with it. I don't yeah. really like the design. Now, I will caveat this with the fact that all we've seen so far is the graphic mock-up. If things are maybe slightly more muted when they're actually produced, um, I might change my tune on this. But right now, it's not for me. I want it to be... Okay. I wonder whenever they get it on them to be actually gold, you know, like flipping shiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to make, I wanted to look like it's made of silk. Hundred <laughs> percent. I want one. Yeah. I want one so yeah. bad. I really do. I really like them. Um, definitely. Um, <laughs> Anthony uh, Russell um, with his comment uh, is number twenty eight. Sir, name your eighteen or nineteenth import this season. Um, <laughs> Probably funny for you. It depends. It depends which of those numbers is luckiest, uh, as far as uh, the uh, Chinese zodiac or whatever is concerned. Whichever one's uh, whichever one's better, eighteen or nineteen. There you go, Um, guys. That's it for jerseys for this episode. Um, We're not going to be coming back to any jerseys, um, but yeah, um, always good to kind of have a a look at it. Um, And yeah, it's definitely some some good ones this season, and also some questionable ones. But uh, yeah. Um, and I think that's also that's the last story for period one. I know we have two stories in our penalty box segment, so um, I think it's simply just let's let's move on to the penalty box for this period. All right, penalty box segment is um, a couple of stories just in relation to any major hits, spans, or anything of note um, coming out of uh, player safety, that sort of thing. Um, we have two, um, one from the Elite League, I think, I believe, John, and the other one coming from England Ice Hockey. Um, so if you want to lead with those, as soon as you put them in. Yep. Um, so the first one is uh, Dundee Stars uh, player Sean Allen was given a two-game suspension for an illegal check to the head um, on Cardiff Devils forward Ben Davies. Um, Guys, I don't know if you've had a chance to have a look through this video, uh, what you think of it. Um, This one, I think, is fairly clean cut. Uh, I think it's pretty nailed on. It's a a clear first point of contact is the head. It's above the shoulders. the main reason I put this in uh, is not because specifically about uh, Sean Allen's ban, but checking to the head has been one that's popped up quite a few times this season. Um, and I'm thinking specifically about an incident that happened with the Giants 
just this past weekend in Nottingham where uh, a video was widely circulated on social media. Now, nothing's come of this. There was no ban for the, the Nottingham player who was involved in this, but a, what looked to be an, a very, very clear check to the head on a Belfast Giants player. Uh, and people have been kind of complaining about, well, what's happened with that one. The first things first, guys, the Sean Allen one, clear cut. Yeah, my only points were that one that I was kind of confused was like, you know, it wasn't called on the night and it sh- I think it should have been. Um, and rest and competency probably is probably kind of straining through sure. again. Um, and also, he's, is he not a repeat defender? So should it not have been an additional? Well, this is the thing. We're back to this consistency issue with DOPS. Um, I, think, I think at the time when this was released, I looked and I think almost all checking to the head uh, DOPS decisions have been two games. So to say that he was a repeat offender then i don't know how it stays at two um, yeah that's right that's that was my take I'm, I'm confused I, I, about that. Sh- should it probably been an extra game i think for the fact that there was he's a repeat offender and it's happened before um i just think yep. yeah it should be three rather than two yep that's it yeah. that's all i dave, had on it yeah yeah 100 percent agree yeah it's um really uh really clear and i agree if, if repeat offenders should got some sort of supplementary discipline on top of it yep uh, the only other one for Dops then is I wanted to throw this one up. Uh, so since our last podcast, uh, England Ice Hockey, who I have to keep uh, looking at the banner of their website to remember their new name uh, at this point, uh, issued quite a number of uh, sanctions on quite a lot of players um, just this past week. Now, quite a lot of these were to do with... Uh, specific incident that happened between um i believe it was streatham and invicta and i hope i got that right anthony um but there was essentially a a brawl uh, between periods um at which point um invicta decided not to come back for um the third period of the game and finish it now it's ended up with I believe in something like excess of um, 70 suspensions, 70 game suspensions across both teams. The NHL continue, or England ice hockey, continue to make incredible points with their their bans. I think a criticism that's come from this one uh, specifically is that there hasn't been expansion on each of the individual bans. All they've done is list them. Uh, now I know that there's been other repercussions off the back of these incidents there's been players who've been dropped from their teams as a result of taking part in these altercations um, guys any thoughts on this one? Well, I don't think you do individual things for every single one of them especially if there's 19 of them here I mean that's someone basically working non-stop around the clock to try and pull together all that stuff in order to get it out in time um, yeah again like I mean there's there's one that's like a 20 game suspension fighting off playing surface there's a 10 game suspension there um, that, these are big numbers these are big games two 20 game fans actually jeez I'm just looking there yeah two Josh Martin and Joseph Covey both getting no sorry Josh Martin sorry this is really hard to where, hang on, I'm just going to have to go across lines. Josh Martin Josh and Tyler, Tyler. Merrill. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really bad spacing. Um, yeah, 20 game suspension each. That's that's insane. Um, but, I haven't seen anything like that since uh, um, somebody else got, what was it, 20 games for punching a guy off the off the ice? 
What did what did Joe Grimaldi get for throwing all of his equipment at different members of the opposition team? That was Nappy changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's. But as you say, like we've always seen that you know the the, the numbers were always slightly bigger um, in this in the in the in this league. And yeah, that's that's. But when well, you read them, when you read this full list, well. when you read this full list, it's 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 insane. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty mad. Um, I know that there's been issues around uh, this DOPS department in particular. I know that um, a few people have been incredibly critical about decision-making and about the um, appeals process uh, where there's been issues around the, the fees incurred and where solicitors get involved and a whole pile of different things. Um, so... Like we, we think we've got it bad in the EHL and we've got it as bad as anyone can get it. Um, we're not the only ones. The one I like, I just read there, I was reading down the list, and the one I like, which I kind of was like, how is this written? What does this mean? Uh, Josh Condren for the Invicted Dynamos, 12-game suspension for slicing an opponent with violence after the end of period. <laughs> with violence? Slicing an opponent with violence? Do you know what I mean? Slashing with a st- slashing with violence. Um, pulled, he uh, pulled out a knife. <laughs> slashing with violence. Was it was it oh, metaphorical? Um, meta- what is it? Meta- I was going to make a point, and it's completely gone out. Carry on. It's okay. I'll, I'll okay. take a I'll take a, a one period suspension here and just stay That's quiet okay. during period two. You know what? I'll, I'll give you a break. Um, I'm, we'll, we'll we'll close off this period. Um, with with the penalty box segment there and we'll move straight on to our period two of hockey hello and welcome to period two where we'll talk about hockey from everywhere that isn't the uk um this one is tricky um do we get the elephant in the room out of the way quick or do we leave it to the end no, let's talk let's about this. this. This is the biggest story. Let's talk about so, this story. Um, or do you pop yeah. it in there so that it let you get our yeah. status? Um, this this is a story. Obviously, this is a this is a, um, a story that's kind of evolving um, as we were talking about this um, on our podcast tonight. Um, the this kind of news also only broke in the last twenty four hours, so we should say that as well. Um, the first indication that something was going on um, was that five NHL players, uh, or sorry, four NHL players, I think, and a former player. Um, well, anyway, one. Hang on, yes, four. Four players um, had asked for uh, temporary leave from each of their clubs. Um, some big names. We talked about the Philadelphia Flyers goaltender Carter Hart um, earlier. We also have New Jersey Devils Cal Foot and also Michael McLeod. And we have the Calgary Flames uh, Dylan Dube. Um, and former NHL player Alex Fermentin should be mentioned in this too who's playing in Europe um, they're all on indefinite leave of absence um, and they all had put it in for it around about the same time now at first when the requests came in they were kind of coming in drips and drabs I think the big first one was Carter Hart was kind of one of the ones that kind of people were kind of drawn attention to and when Carter Hart's uh, name was put out there to say that he's asked for absence um, people were like oh what's going on here um the story has also now came out um that five players from canada's 2018 world junior team have um been basically asked to surrender themselves to the 
police service in, I believe, London, Canada. Is that correct? I'm London, saying? Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have been asked to surrender themselves to the police following a uh, sexual assault charges that are being that they're, they're now facing. Um, there is an inquiry currently going on, and we should say that is an inquiry, and um, we don't want to get ourselves in trouble. Um, but the clubs have obviously released them, um, and there will be an absence for each of them. So yes, the police in London, Ontario, launched an investigation in 2022 after uh, it emerged that Hockey Canada had settled a lawsuit with a woman who said she was sexually assaulted by eight members of the Canadian hockey team. Um, now, this story had been out. We had talked about this this story a long while back. Um, so this is obviously a continuation of that. Um, the Globe and the Mail, both Canadian um, um, news, news outlets, reported that um, five players from the team were asked to surrender to police and uh, on charges of sexual assault. And obviously those names have now came out, um, as we now know, each of those players who have been released from their NHL teams. Boys, it's it's hard to talk about this story in too much detail, obviously, because obviously it is an ongoing investigation and something that's ongoing as we speak. And obviously more will probably be coming out over the coming days and week. Um, but I mean, it was an interesting because obviously as, as it started coming out in drips and jabs and as the, as the news started to break, um, people were kind of like, what is going on? Only for it to be maybe within 24 hours later that obviously this was announced. And then it was kind of one of those ones where it was talked about kind of vaguely that five players have been asked to come in and then people then are like oh well let's join up the dots there's those four players here who were on that team and they've all left their team and and they've been and this has happened so therefore is there any kind of you know correlation between that and obviously now we know that that is exactly what's happened um any thoughts any comments on it john I mean, this is just going to continue. This has been going on, like you said, we covered uh, some of the initial outthrow of what happened with this, um, where I think the first time we saw any of this in the press was when Hockey Canada accepted um, that they had used player registration fees and other monies uh, brought into the organisation to settle uh, out-of-court or in-court settlements for uh, assault cases and sexual assault cases without um, liability led to, by the way just so yeah um and that led to the quebec hockey uh saying that they would no longer be paying their dues to hockey canada and that was what caused that whole panic uh in i think it was either 2019 or 2020 um about well is hockey canada fit for purpose uh, and a lot of people saying that the organization had to go uh and hockey had to be governed a, a different way in canada and i think that there's potential for that conversation to come back now because we now have five players who have been asked to present themselves to police to face charges so yeah it's an incredibly serious matter um the victim deserves all the support that they are hopefully getting and will continue to get um and I think we're at the point where we will comment more as more news comes out. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly it. I mean, the NHL itself, um, well, we'll talk about that in a second. The NHL itself didn't actually put out any kind of statement, but instead they kind of deflected and put out a bit of a smokescreen, which we can't talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Five Flyers themselves came out and just said, obviously, that it is an ongoing investigation uh, and that the team itself would make uh, would respond appropriately when it comes to the investigation army of the public. Um, so, I mean, it is an ongoing story. Um, 
I guess watch this space. I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again um, next in our next episode in two weeks' time. Um, I'm sure more information will come out and we'll have a bit of better understanding of what's happening there. Dave? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, obviously, to cover, um, I've seen a few, hence why I threw in that uh, without um, liability because there's been a few outlets that have already had issues where they didn't say that um, and got in trouble um, whenever their uh, their civil case was taken to court part of the settlement was did not um, accept any liability um, so that's the, the, the hockey Canada has played a fast one if, the, if you want with the way they've, they've ordered it so um, all, all current allegations are um, just that at the moment and uh, we'll let the justice take its, its course um, okay um, we will move on we'll keep it in the NHL um, will we start will we go so yes there's only one more for the NHL isn't that right for the yep. uh, Utah um, so John that was that was one of yours yeah, so uh, just a couple of days ago, this came out of absolutely nowhere. In fact, I think this was yesterday. Uh, it's the, the same. I, I can't, we just uh, just note this came as everything was breaking with that last story. The NHL went, let's deflect, let's throw in, oh, oh, Utah. Oh, let's throw that in there. Look at the puppet. Sorry. Look at the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, essentially what happened was um, if the announcement uh, that came out uh, is to be believed uh, timing wise Smith Entertainment Group the, the owners of the Utah Jazz have asked the NHL to initiate an expansion process to bring uh, a team to Salt Lake City so this went out and everyone started looking at it and uh, everyone was like oh yeah okay let's start a conversation about that and then yeah of course everyone started putting two and two together fairly quickly uh, that maybe this wasn't quite on the up and up. But uh, Smith Entertainment Group put this statement out saying, we want hockey in Utah. The NHL then very quickly put out their own statement um, on the Smith Entertainment Group's uh, statement themselves saying, the NHL appreciates the interest expressed by SEG to bring NHL hockey to Utah. During conversations over the course of the past two years, we've been impressed by Ryan and Ashley Smith's commitment to their community and their passion and vision for Utah, not only as a hockey market, but as a preeminent sports and entertainment destination. Utah is a promising market, and we look forward to continuing our discussions. So basically, they tried to deflect everything that was going on with two tweets. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> the NHL... The NHL will try their best to stay out of this because I think if any of you have read um, Theo Fleury's book, Playing With Fire, um, he talks about his own issues with uh, Hockey Canada um, um, whenever he was going through his legal uh, uh, troubles. Um, Hockey Canada has an awful lot of allegations laid at their door and the NHL will want to stay as far away from that organization as it can um and uh, i think that they'll probably do that by um only commenting on things that's within their control as in were the teams in the nhl play and their conduct as an nhl player um when they're with their national teams the nhl has no no control um so they'll want to stay as far away from that as 
humanly possible. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we get a team in Utah. Um, I don't didn't realize um, Salt Lake City was a a hockey market, but there you go. Yeah. Fuzz asks an interesting question there. It's like, could you see a current team moving to Utah? Um, well, up until they finally seem to have got their arena over the line, I would have said, well, I mean, you don't have to look much further than the Yotes, do you? Um, if someone's <laughs> going to build an arena, the Yotes will come. Um, but uh, I think they have I think they did actually get their arena plans across the line, didn't they? Um, so they've mm-hmm. got permission to build um, in, in Arizona. So they're probably not going to move uh, at this point. And I've got to throw this comment back up again. Anthony, 100%, I've said it every single time since we've started doing this podcast when there's been an expansion. Go back to Quebec. Canada deserves another franchise. And Quebec, as a city, has been hanging out for hockey to come back and to bring... I don't care if it's the Nordiques or not. NHL hockey deserves to be in Quebec um, it's just horrendous and the league just seem to bury their head in the sand every single time with it yeah I would, I'm just going back to the first question obviously from from, from Fuzzer about you know team do we see another team um, I don't think so I think it'll be another case of kind of similar to what happened with Vegas and what happened with um, with Seattle um, I think it'll be a new team new team formation and that that whole thing of protecting your players. I think I, I know what will happen. I know what will happen. That second team in Toronto they talked about will actually happen and then the Leafs are going to have to move because everyone yeah, has the cheaper sure. tickets. The cheaper sure. tickets yeah. for the other uh, arena <laughs> sure. because at this point yeah. you have to uh, take out a mortgage on your house, sell a kidney and agree to give them, I think, your fourth born child uh, to get yep. a ticket to um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Dave, your nephew, um, your nephew, your your nephew, um, yep, was yep. at a at a Toronto game there recently. He was. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he, he's a poor student. He come out with all his fingers. How do you afford? How do you afford that? Afford it? I have no idea. I think he Did got you find a back a, door unlocked. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 seats were. Um, did you see the photos? They were interesting seats. Um, yeah. I'm not sure whether there's like a pillar or something <laughs> close to where he was. Um, but, I do you know uh, what I looked at restricted. Uh, view seats for Toronto when I went and they were still about $200 a ticket yeah mm. Pricey. compared to my I spent $10 to go see the Florida Panthers seems about right <laughs> seems about right um, so we'll go on to our last piece which is back in the it's, it's back in the UK <gasps> but yep John yep. so GB have announced their squad for next month's men's Olympic qualifiers that will be held in the Vindico Arena in Cardiff. Um, 22 player roster um, has been announced that will include, for the first time, uh, Cam Critchlow, Sean Norris, our own number 14 for the Belfast Giants, and Brandon Whistle, who will get their first full caps for Team GB. Um, we've got an interesting lineup, guys. I'll rattle through these fairly quickly. Uh, netminders, uh, Ben Bounds, clearly, uh, is still being named uh, current Cardiff Devils netminder. Jackson Whistle from the Belfast Giants has also been named uh, and they will share the netminding duties. 
Defensemen then, we have David Clements from the Coventry Blaze, Nathaniel Halbert from HC Innsbruck, Sam Jones of the Sheffield Steelers, Evan Mosey of the Cardiff Devils, Ben O'Connor, who we've spoken to on the podcast, number 14 for the Guildford Flames. Um, (laughs) Davey Phillips, our own Belfast Giant, will make his way to represent Team GB again, along with Mark Richardson of the Cardiff Devils and Sam Rope, uh, who this season is playing uh, in Lotzer Fuchsia. Uh, I have no idea where that is. Forwards-wise, uh, Ollie Betridge from the Nottingham Panthers, Cam Critchlow from the Manchester Storm, Johnny Curran, uh, previously of Belfast, uh, but now Coventry Blaze, Rob Dowd of the Steelers, Liam Kirk has been named and will be making his way back over to represent Team GB, Rob Lakovitz from Glasgow Clan, Ben Lake from the Belfast Giants, Cade Nielsen from the University of Alaska Fairbanks, Sean Norris, as we mentioned before, from the Belfast Giants. Brett Perlini from Mech Hal 04. Josh Waller from the Cardiff Devils. And rounding things out will be Brandon Whistle from the Sheffield Steelers. Guys, any any comments on any of those? Or are we just going uh, to pat the back of the Belfast Giants? Yep, we're going to the Belfast Giants. One, Brandon Whistle's uh, injured. Yeah, I thought no, he was he's not. Too. He's back. He's back. No, he's oh, back he's in Sheffield. He's he back. Literally- no, he's back for Sheffield. On the day that this was announced, the they were still day to day on his return, and they had had no. He, he wasn't even currently training with the team um, when this was announced. So if he's came back, he's came back quick. <laughs> I, I'm I'm nearly convinced. I'm not overly interested enough to go and check this, but I'm nearly convinced that the Sheffield Steelers put out a message that Brandon was back in the lineup, um, and. That was a, a, a big thing for them. Um, and I, I'm nearly convinced that he might have either scored a goal or was involved in a goal last night against Glasgow. Um, or not Glasgow. Who did they play again? Coventry. Coventry. Um, um, surprised yeah, not to see um, as many Steelers for mm, them being such a dominant team. Um, that's because they're import heavy this year. <laughs> Can't say anything. Giants are important. We do. Yeah. <laughs> still got four on the team. <laughs> what? Let's take. Let's take one minute. Um, we're still desperate to speak to him. Uh, hopefully, we will uh, at some point for fourteen to fourteen. Sean Norris getting his first full cap. Uh, his yeah. first full. Well call deserved. Up. Yeah, incredibly well deserved um, to see him get that. Um, Moved to the top line for the Giants over the last few games. Yeah. Um, yes. And he's done. I think he's done well. Like so, he has really. Um, uh, he's a very physical player, and he's really good on the forecheck, so hopefully he injects a bit of energy in GB as well. Yep. Uh, anything else? Anyone want to comment on anything there? No. Um, just, yeah, um, for, uh, great great to see some new names coming into Team GB. I suppose they're obviously replacing some some, some retirees from last year too. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see. Um, I think it's a great that Sh- um, both Sean, Brandon, or all of them, and Cam, Brandon and Cam all got the nod. So, yeah, for play. The tournament, um, we should note for anybody who is interested, um, it is uh, taking place the weekend of the... 8th to the 11th of February. 8th to the 11th of February. we will play... Romania, China, and Serbia, uh, yes. all um, for qualification to the Winter so, Olympics. 
Team GB will be facing off against China on Thursday, uh, facing off against Serbia on Saturday, and then against uh, Romania on the Sunday. And the tickets are tournament prices for that is uh, standard adult ticket price is £49 for the tournament, um, all games. Uh, Single game is £20, and non-GB games are £10. Um, Obviously, there's senior student discounts and under 16 discounts too. So if you are interested, make your way there and uh, go. I'm sure it'd be a great tournament, um, as always. So yeah. Do you know what for that for those prices, like let alone the 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 cost of the tournament pass, if I wanted to take a couple of days off and go to all those games, all those games for fifty quid is pretty good. And you're bad. in you're in Cardiff and you're in the Vindico, which I've only seen photos of. I don't actually know what it's like inside, but I'm assuming it's not a bad place to go and watch hockey. I think that's good value. Yeah, especially so with what's at stake for GB like love to see them get qualification uh, because that has the potential to really lift the sport up in the eyes of the people that matter where it comes to things like money for development and even mental things that we've talked about only on tiny little podcasts like TV broadcasting because <laughs> um, if that if they get an image let's be totally honest this team GB team that we've had over the last few years they should have been given plaudits that haven't come to them. They should have been honourable mentions at Sports Personality of the Year Awards for the promotion back up to top flight, and they barely got a pat on the back. Like That was terrible, but that's a, an indictment of the, the view of ice hockey and how much it's looked at across the board when you've got netball and British basketball, which sit above it but are massively uh, under on the viewership it's it's mental the thing that gets me especially with that sort of stuff is that they take the giants they won everything they possibly could do um without winning the champions league they still didn't even get even a questionable mention um for team of the year um not even in that we sub notes you know, oh, and also this was really happening. Pfft, nothing, and it, it's such a shame. Um, and it has to change. And hopefully, hopefully something does. The Olympics would be a perfect uh, catalyst for that. Um, whether it happens or not, it's a different matter. But we'll we will see. Yep. Um, so we've nothing in the penalty box for period two. So it looks like this one is fairly quick and sweet. Yep. So we'll move on to period three. That was incredible. Outside of uh, podcasts where Marty's not here, it's one of the few times I get to press the button for those videos. So that was an experience. So thank you. Thank you. Well, very well done. Very well done. Period you three. You managed to let play the whole way through. Every time I try to do this, I'm just, just, just going to play it again. Uh, <laughs> period three is. Look at the worry on Marty's face. He thought I was actually going to play it again. Uh, period three is our general knocky news. He didn't well, do that. He didn't even let, let us kind of jump in there. They just kind of re- re- fine. I just stayed quiet. Yeah. You had it's your fine, opportunity. Fine. Oh, it's fine. It's okay. It's a general knocky news. Continue. Continue. General knocky news. It's a general knocky news. <laughs> it's where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey as this podcast is slowly unraveling. Um, guys, there's only one story here. Uh, it's from Aaron. Uh, however, Marty, I do know that you have. Uh, looked at this in great depth so I'm going to let you take it 
I have indeed. Um, yes, Aaron threw this into our WhatsApp group there earlier this week, and I think I seen you uh, basically. Um, I've been like added to the added the um, the running order, so I did it on his behalf, and unfortunately he couldn't be here with us tonight. But we ha- definitely wanted to go across this. This story is slightly older. It is from the start of January, and it, we just didn't see it for our last podcast. Otherwise, we had added on to the last one. Um, but this is obviously the Edmonton Oilers. If anybody doesn't know. They hold their own very their own version of a skills competition in front of the Rogers Palace uh, or yeah Rogers Place sorry um, every year um, around January time so kind of similar to the NHL All Star Skills Competition as part of the All Star Weekend um, the Edmonton Oilers put together a typical kind of skills competition from things like you know fastest skater most accuracy all those things you come to expect from the NHL All Stars they do it themselves. But one of the big things that they do, and something that they add on as an additional skills competition, uh, is the team holds what they call the rough, rough relay. Um, basically, the way this works is that players bring in their dogs to the rink, um, and the players' dogs start on the goal line one at a time, and they see which dog can make it far, uh, to the far blue line the fastest. Um, last year's champion was Conor McDavid's dog, Lenny. Um, this year... If anybody hasn't seen the video, go watch it. Uh, Lenny um, stole the show this year, uh, but in different way, in a different way. He uh, basically didn't complete it. He DNF'd um, for any Formula One fans who know what that is. Uh, basically, did not finish his game. Or he did not finish the run. Um, so it was a bit of a surprise that he ran out. He he went uh, he went out um, and didn't execute this year. Um, but if you haven't seen it, um, it's definitely worth going on and having a look. Um, I don't know if I should tell you who won um, or not and just let you go and check that out yourself. Um, but all the players, um, there's quite a few of them there. Um, I know uh, Evan Bouchard's dog, Ollie, um, was uh, blisteringly fast. Um, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins' dog um, is a beautiful dog as well. And I think there's a little French bulldog called Hugo um, in there too. Um, and I won't give away who won it. But yeah, go and have a look. Um definitely worth a few minutes and it is on x um yeah and i just thought that'd be a nice story just to end the podcast on for this week i have one i forgot to put it on i put it in our chat and forgot to put it up did anybody oh, okay. see the saskatoon versus the uh, walleye saskatoon yes. forgot their jerseys <laughs> no. not even not even didn't have like didn't have had the anything ones had nothing. They ended up wearing the uh, walleyes training jersey. So it was the yep. walleyes versus the walleyes. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> it's worth a watch. It just looks really weird. It, it's <laughs> exceptionally weird because I think, I don't know if it's the training top, I think it's actually a pre-season. Was it a pre-season shirt? one, was it? I think it was a pre-season jersey. So yeah, it's the walleye versus the walleye. It's really, really weird. It... it I'll, I'll try and find the link. Honestly, I think I watched that the video of it on mute the first couple of times, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. Why is this? Oh wait, okay, that's why. <laughs> it looked like it was a training match, like a yeah. you know wee preseason game or a wee you know, open training session, and then you're like, what the heck? <laughs> so there you go. Like it's, yeah, it doesn't only happen. Enough. Doesn't only happen in the elite league, you know. Before it's been a while. Oh. After Edinburgh left, it stopped happening just as much. <laughs> That's it. We have Perfect. nothing else uh, in period three, and I don't see anything else in the running order, Marty. 
No, we don't. Um, nothing else in the running order for this week. No questions. Um, so, yeah. I can't um, say. I can't say, and I did say this on social media, we have no 14 with 14 this time around, again. But, and I know I said this before, I am pretty sure I've got one nailed in for the next podcast. Yes, I think you've got it in our diary. I think I've seen that. Was, I could see it in the, the calendar. So, yes, yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed we have that one for next episode. Fingers crossed. Um, because I, re- I know I really enjoy read, watch them as a... Um, as an observer so yeah definitely i'm looking forward to it um that's it for this week and for this podcast as usual um you can check out this podcast and all of our other podcasts on our website at door14hockey.com um get involved send us a message chat to us uh, link in with us on our social media channels i know a lot of you do and we appreciate all of it um we're on all social media channels uh on x or on instagram facebook and also john likes to throw it on tiktok every now and again um we're at door 14 hockey on those <laughs> yeah exactly um and if you are whatever podcast if you listen to this um on your if you, if you listen to this in the traditional way as a podcast um and if you haven't done so already don't forget to leave us a like review um or a comment um because it does really help uh john follow make sure to follow us on social media um it's going to be dave and i's first visit to the spectrum so i am bringing some bits and pieces to try and track uh, our journey as we make our way to Surrey for the first time uh, and go to what has been billed as possibly one of the, the top, top leisure centres uh, to go and watch ice hockey in. Um, yes. Um, and that's it for this week. Um, all I is to do is to sign off for our episode. I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. Have a great week.